given us itching ears, Father God, to hear what the Spirit has to say unto the body of Christ, unto the church, unto your people. And I thank you, God, for choosing me, God, as your instrument to bring forth your word. I thank you for the Holy Spirit who walks alongside of me, who helps me, who teach me, who lead and guide me into all truth. Now, Father, I thank you that I am crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Let's hear what the Lord has for us on this morning, amen, or this afternoon. Open your book, your Bibles to Luke, the fifth chapter. And let's hear what um, God is saying through Luke today. St. Luke, the fifth chapter, and I'll start at verse 1, and I will end at verse 6. Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, He stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answered, answering him, said unto him, Master, we have told all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. I want to talk about on today, depending on the word, depending on the word of God. Last Sunday, we talked about the Holy Spirit and how we need the Holy Spirit to help us, to lead us, to guide us, to teach us. And the Bible was telling us in John 14 that the Holy Spirit would teach us all things. So we know that we have the Holy Spirit as our helper and we need to call on him for help because that's what God sent him here for for him to do, to help us. So we know that the Holy Spirit bears witness um, of the word of God. So as I was meditating on that, the Lord was taking me back to the word again. And I'm going to tell you something. The Lord impressed in my spirit that we're living in a time now that we have to have the word, y'all. We're living in a time now that nothing is working the way it should be working. So we have to have the word of God in order to live the life that God wants us to live here on earth. Do not let people fool you. I have learned myself that all of our trust, when we look at the word depend, it means to rely on. It means to trust in. We have to rely on the word so much in this day and time that we're living in that no matter what's going on around us, we have to say, I acknowledge what's going on around me, but that ain't what the word says. We have to have such a dependency on the word because government is failing. Things are happening in the White House that ain't right. Things are happening in the medical field that ain't right. Things are happening all around us that ain't right. And think it not strange that you're seeing these things because the word of God speaks of these things. So when these things come, you should not be alarmed. 
You should not be amazed. You should do what the word of God tell you to do. This is why we got to have such a connection with the word that we don't fear whatever is coming upon this land. Because things are coming upon this land, y'all, that man don't even know what to do about. Man is still trying to research to try to find out what in the world is happening. They're looking at the flu now, saying deaths are uh, happening with the flu. Deaths are happening because they're speaking these things in the atmosphere and they're looking for death. So there is death. And then when they put that in your head and in your mind, that's what you're looking for because that's what man say. But you got to go outside of what man is saying and saying that's not what God said. And if you know what God said, his word is going to overpower what man is saying. But when we don't know the word, we're going to live by what man say and not by what the word says. So God is saying it's an urgency, y'all. This is an urgency that you get into the word so you can depend on the word. You cannot depend on something that you're not in and not allowing the word to get in you because things happen. Sometimes we can be going along and everything look like it's going so well. And all of a sudden something come out the blue. You're wondering how did this happen? Where did this come from? And there's a state of alarm. There's a state of panic. But I have learned even when that state of alarm comes, there is a word that comes up in my spirit to encourage me, to let me be at rest, even in the midst of what I heard, even in the midst of what's going on in my life. So God said we have to depend on the word of God so much that we take our focus off of everything else. And why do we have to do that? Because we are spiritual beings, y'all. We are born from above, not born from this earth. The day that you accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you accepted the word of truth, the word of life. He came in and dwelled on the inside of you. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. Why are they there? Because God knows you cannot live on this earth without their help. You cannot stand to go through some of the things that's going to come upon this earth without the help of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So he has given us a helper. He has given us a teacher that no matter what comes up in our lives, we can go to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I'm afraid. Holy Spirit, I need help in this situation. Holy Spirit, I know I cannot do it. This is why I have to depend on the vine and I'm the branch today because me myself can do nothing without him. That's the first thing we have to understand that we can do nothing without the Holy Spirit. We can do nothing without the word of God. And we have to understand that everything that was made was made, was created by the word. And if, if the word didn't create it, then it wouldn't be made. Y'all, that's, that's powerful. Everything that you see, everything that come into existence, it was not man's doing. It was the word of God. It was the breath of God. God speaking it into existence. So if God spoke everything into existence, it is upheld by the power of the word of God. 
Everything here on earth, in order for it to function the way it need to function, it ain't taking something and hooking it up man's way. It's functioning according to God's way because he is Elohim. He is the creator. He the one created it. Why? How? By the breath of his mouth, by the word of God, you were created. I was created. Everything was created. So when something is out of place, we began to speak the word of God over what's out of place and know that it's back in place. Why? Because he created it by the word. God want us to hang on to this word so tight that no matter what comes go on in our life, that's the first thing that come up out of us. He was reminding me of the children that was in Egypt for 430 some years, y'all. They were in Egypt. Egypt was a part of the world. But when God said, I'm going to bring you out of Egypt, which he did, but when he bought them out, he bought them out into a wilderness, into a place that had nothing. And the reason why God took them to that place, he said, because I want your dependency to be on me and me alone. God wanted them to depend on the word and he didn't want them to depend on the ways of the world, the ways of Egypt. So he said, I had to take you into a wilderness where there was nothing so you could trust me more than you trusted in the Egyptians. This is where we are this day and time, y'all. Have y'all figured out money can't solve some of the things you're going through? You can have a bank account full of money, but that money don't give you happiness. That money don't give you help. That money don't give you what you need because you know deep down inside, I'm still missing something. Some people have a lot of money. Well, I consider it a lot. Maybe you don't, but some people have a lot of it, but they're still not happy. They're still trying to find things to maintain because after the money run out, they're still back in the same place. So we have to be so dependent on this word that no matter what run out, the Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away. But he said this word shall remain. It's going to stand forever. So when everything passed, his word is forever settled in heaven. This is what he was telling Peter. When Peter, he, he came in on the scene and I like this. It said that they pressed in upon him. That mean it was a crowd that was crowded around Jesus. They were pressing in. They were crowding around him. Why? Because they wanted to hear the word. I want to ask y'all a question. How many people you see lately that want to press into the word? How many of you see people that want to crowd into a place because they got to have the word? I'm here to tell you and I'm prophesying. It's coming a time that they're going to be pressing in to the houses of God to get what they want. Because as you notice, kids are getting killed in schools. They're trying to get government to do something. Government can't do what the word of God has already done. And this is why we have to be in this word to give them the word because we don't know the day nor the hour. When he's coming. So we have to really teach our children the word of God. So when we're not with them, they can begin to pray. They can begin to be in a place that we know where they're going. So this is why we need the word of God. We can't depend on man to fix it. God has already fixed it, but we use the word of God and we send the word. Wherever the trouble is, we begin to speak the word. Can you imagine if everybody come together and begin to speak the word of God according to his word, what would happen around people? But what people are doing, they're trying to come up with their way of doing. It ain't going to work because that's not God's way of doing. 
This is why they pressed in. They crowded around Jesus. They were so crowded around this man, he had to go get in a boat and push his way away from the crowd so he could teach. They wanted to hear the word. People are getting to the point now, they don't want to hear no word. They don't even want to come to the house of God to get it no more. Because they don't put everything else in the place of the word of God. Come on, look at how the world is changing. People don't look at Sunday as a day to worship no more. They look at Sunday as a day to camp out, to do the things that they want to do. Some people take Saturday to worship. Whatever day they choose to worship, some people use Saturdays for other things. But they take the whole work week and they work to get paid, but they don't want to take one day for the Lord to uplift his name, to give him glory for everything that he has done. They're not recognizing they need the word of God to live, to get through life. So they were crowding around Jesus because they knew that Jesus had what they needed. And the Bible says when he went out a little from the land, the Bible said he began to teach people. People don't want to be taught no more. They don't want to sit still long enough to be taught to hear the word because the enemy know faith come by hearing and hearing come by the word of God. So as Jesus began to teach, he taught first. After he got through teaching, he said, now launch out. I'm going to stop right there. We want to launch out, but we don't want to be taught to know how to launch out. And if you don't be taught the word of God, you don't need to be launching out into things that God ain't told you to launch out in. Because it will fail. At first, it was it will feel good. It will sound good. It will look good. Because you feel like that's God. But if you putting that before you putting God, before you putting the word, it will fail. So now Jesus said, Peter, I want you to launch out into the deep. Now he was in a little bit of water. But now he's ready to launch out into the deep. When Peter launched out there, now he said, I want you to drop your net for a catch. So Peter told him, he said, you know what? I have told all night. And what Peter meant, he said, I have labored all night. I have been tired. I have been weary all night. How many of us in this room, when trouble come, we toll all night. We can't rest. We can't sleep because we're thinking about what we heard. Or we're going through financially or we're going through in our body and we just can't lay down and get no sleep. This is what Peter was talking about. He said, I have told all night. He told all night to get a catch, to catch the fish. But this is what Peter said. He said, nevertheless, at thy word. So Peter recognized, this is what I did myself. And I recognize what I have done myself did not work. So I'm going to depend on your word. I'm going to take your word and I'm going to do exactly what you said. So as Peter done what he said, you got to let go of yourself to accept this word. You got to let go of your thinking, your way of doing, and say, God is nothing but the word today. Whatever your word says, that's what I'm going to do. The problem is, if you don't know what his word is saying, you can't do it. The Bible said Peter heard the word, and then Peter did what the word said, and then Peter got a manifestation from that word. God is telling me manifestations are not happening in people's lives is because they're not taking the word for what it is. How can you take the word for what it is? You got to hear it first. The Holy Spirit will bring that word up out of your spirit 
And he will say, this is what the Bible says. And when you take that word and do what that word is saying, you need to be expecting manifestation. God is not going to tell you something that he ain't already done. But if you are not in a relationship with the word to hear the word, you're going to keep tolling all night. Come on. All of us toll over different things. All of us get worried over different things. But how many know when we lay it down, when we finally realize I can't do this, I can't pay this bill. I can't heal myself. I can't deliver myself, but this is what the word says. So why am I sitting here worrying about something that I can't do that he's already done? He's already fixed it. So Holy Spirit, I'm going to be still. Let me hear what you want me to do. And sometimes he'll meet you where you at and just say, trust me. That's just it. So the only thing you can do is trust him and go on. And sometimes you won't hear nothing. Nothing at all. That's that wilderness experience. When you're not hearing nothing at all, when everything is coming at you, slapping you all upside your head, and you ain't hearing nothing. Nobody ain't telling you nothing. You're hearing nothing. But in that nothing, you're trusting God and saying, God, you're not going to leave me by myself. God, you've been with me when I went through this, when I went through that. You say you will be with me even until the end. So I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to wait on you to hear what you have to say. Because, God, your word say you give power to the faint. And to, to them that have no might, you increase strength. So I need it right now. I can't do this myself. So God said the first thing we got to do to depend on him is and trust him is to let go of you how many know it's hard to let go of yourself when you've been dealing with yourself all these years and been trying to work stuff out and trying to fix stuff how many know it's hard to let go of you overnight because that's what you build your life upon you or some of us may build our life upon somebody else and it's hard for us to let that person go because they do all our praying They do all everything else for us, so we're going to give it to them and let them work it out. But God said, I want you to be so dependent upon my word that when I speak my word, you hear it and you do what the word is telling you to do. And that's when you get results from the word of God. I have learned in my life that I remember I used to go to everybody for a word. Prophet, they say, prophet, I'm going to be in line for that word. But one day God told me nobody's going to be able to give you a word anymore. The word is going to come from me. I said, the devil is a lie because I need that word. God, you know how I'm feeling. You know what I'm going through. Y'all, I didn't get a word for a long time, so I had to go into the word. And the more I went into the word of God, I battled. I fought because I couldn't understand what the word of God was saying. Why couldn't I understand it? Because I'd never been in it. I waited on somebody else to feed it to me. But the more I took time out to read the word, to meditate on the word, to let the word get in me, when I got in trouble, I always went back to the word and said, God, if you can't help me, nobody can. So I'm going to wait on you to tell me what you want to tell me. I'm going to wait on you to show me what you want to show me. God, I'm going to be still and hear from you today. I need to hear from the throne and quit running to the phone. So I'm going to sit here and learn your ways, God. I'm going to park right here parking in front of him you're going to have trouble you're going to have these thoughts coming at you where if you don't do this this is going to happen if you don't do that that's going to happen but then you have to reverse those thoughts divine reverse and say but when I do what the word of God this is what's already happened so you got to trust him knowing that God 
has already done everything that he's going to do. So Peter had to let go of himself and trust the word. Getting back to Mary. Y'all know Mary wasn't pregnant because she hadn't been with a man. But when God spoke a word to Mary, this is what I like. Why was it so easy for God to come to Mary and tell Mary that she was going to conceive a son and Mary knew she hadn't been with a man, but she said, how can this be? I haven't been with a man. And when God began to tell her how it was going to happen through the power of the Holy Ghost coming in and overshadowing her, Mary didn't fuss at God. Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. Don't that sound so simple when you read that? But when it comes to us, we question God. I don't know about you, but I do. I do. And ain't no at first be it unto me according to your word. I'd be like, well, wait a minute, God. Did you, did you know this right here is going on right here now? God, how are you going to handle that right there? Okay, God, I understand what you're saying, but God, what's going to happen with this situation? God, you got to tell me. God don't have to tell me not one thing except be it unto me according to your word, not according to what I'm thinking. But God, this is what your word says. And this is what I have come to believe outside of what I see in the natural. I have to believe supernatural. So I have to fix my eyes on supernatural, not natural. I under, I'm not denying. You cannot deny natural because it's happening, y'all. If you deny natural, you're lying. But what you saying, God, yes, this is what's happening in the natural. I realize that. But this is what you said. And God, you're not man that you shall lie. Neither the son of man that you're going to repent. Have you not said it? Shall you not do it? Have you not spoken it? And shall you not make it good? You got to make it good because if you don't, you will be a liar. And my Bible tell me you don't lie. So that's how we got to come at it and say, uh-uh-uh, God, you told me to command you. And today I'm speaking your word. You told me if I decree and I declare a thing, it shall, you say it shall be established. So I'm decreeing and I'm declaring what you said. And it's supposed to happen. And guess what, God? Your word says it's already happened. So God, I'm going to take what's already done. I'm not going to look for it. I'm just going to accept what you just said. Why is it so easy for us to trust a man and a woman when they say, I got you, baby. Then we go out bragging, Teresa. Oh, my husband got me. They got, he got me. I saw that bag and he said, he got me. That bag, $500. He said, he got me. You see yourself toting the bag. You even picking out some clothes to match the bag because you know your man got you. The day the birthday come, you open in the box, not a pocketbook to be found. But you told everybody, he got me. Then you look at him and say, where the pocketbook? I didn't tell you I was going to buy you that pocket. You told me you got me. He said, I didn't tell you I was going to get you no pocketbook. I got you already. I took you from your daddy's house. But that don't mean I was going to buy you no pocketbook. But we trust man and a woman so good Man, let me get on you. When a woman tell you they're going to cook you a good meal, ask you what you want to eat, baby, I got you. You got to work all day long, but the only thing you can think about, 
man, come on, let's go get us a, a burger. No, man. My, my woman said, she got me. I'm going to have some steak, some gravy and rice, have a vegetable on the side. Give me some Kool-Aid. I ain't had no Kool-Aid in a long time since my mama made it. And going to make me some biscuits, man. My baby got me. You go in the house hungry. Baby, I'm going to take me a bath. I don't smell nothing, though. I'm going to take me. Okay, baby, going to take you a bath. Come out from taking a bath, the woman sitting down watching as the stomach turns. Well, baby, where my food? What food? I ain't tell you I was going to cook you nothing. You better order out so we can go eat. Now, I'm going to ask y'all a question. How do we trust that quicker than we trust the word? I'm going to tell you how. Because you be with that man and that woman all the time. You spend time with them and you trust everything that they say, even if they lie. You trust it. But we get into the word of God and God says, you are prosperous. Beloved, I wish above all things that you should prosper and be in good health. Even as your soul probably, oh, I'm still hurting. Lord, when are you going to heal me? Oh, I ain't got no money in the bank. Lord, when are you going to rain down money from heaven? I ain't seen nothing yet. We don't take him at his word. You know why we don't take him at his word? Because we don't believe him. We don't believe God. He says that it takes faith to please God. And those that come to God must believe that he is. And then when you believe in that he is, the Bible said he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And then he said, you ask and you shall receive. You seek and you shall find. You knock and the door shall be open. How did Jesus come up with that? He come up with that. He said, because if you go to a friend's house and that friend is sleeping, you knocking on his door and you asking your friend, you say, I got somebody coming in and I don't have no bread in my house. Can you give me some bread for the guests I have coming in? And the man, your friend is saying, I'm in the bed and my children are in the bed. I, I can't give you no bread. He didn't say he didn't have it, but he said, I can't give it to you. But the man was so persistent. He kept asking. He kept knocking. And he gave it to him because of his persistency, because he kept asking. But when it comes to God, he said, when you ask, you shall receive. When you knock, the door shall be open. No, when you ask, you shall receive. When you seek, you shall find. When you knock, the door shall be open. But when we go to God and ask him, we got to believe that we already have it even before we go to God. Because we know that all of his promises are yes. In who? In him, in Christ Jesus, are yes and amen, meaning that it is so. So God said, we're in the day and time that we have to take the word, y'all, for what it is. We can't be looking at God like God is going to fail us. God said he will not fail. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. So as I go into this word and I look at the people in the word of God that took God at his word, Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had said, God was going to do exactly what he said. He knew it wasn't based on him. It was based on God. So he trusted God. So I want to ask you today, how much do you trust God? How much do you believe God? If you pull a scripture from the word of God, in order for you to take that scripture for what it is, you got to meditate on it. You got to be in that word to say, God, that's what you said. God, that's what I believe. 
because that's what you said. I'm not going on how I feel today. I'm going on what you said. So God said, take my word for what it is. Go with me to Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. And listen what God told the people that come out of Egypt. He said, all the commandments which I command thee this day. Now listen at this. All the commandments which I command thee this day, the word of God, shall ye observe to do. When we look at that word observe, it means to give heed. It means to attend. It means to guard. It means to keep. So God said, all of my commands that I have given you this day, I want you to observe them. I want you to keep them. I want you to take heed to them, give heed to them. I want you to attend to them. I want you to keep them. So this is how we have to do with the word of God. We have to observe that word, not going in there and just reading it, but we have to observe it to the point that we're paying attention to it. That's why the word of God said, my son, pay attention to my words. That's the first thing. My son, pay attention to my words. When you pay an attention to his words, you are observing his words. You are keeping his words. You are guarding his words. You are attending to his words. You are applying that word to every given situation because you pay an attention to that word. And when he was telling me about observe, y'all, it's like watching a baby. Y'all know how you observe that baby. You watch that baby, and as you're observing that baby, you're going to know what that baby needs from observing that baby. If that baby is asleep, you're watching that baby sleep. you guarding over that baby while that baby is asleep. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit says some of us don't watch a baby while they sleep. We put them in a room, and we let them stay there. But I had to put that in there. But you're watching that child. But when that child wake up and that child start crying, you begin to observe, okay, wait a minute. I changed the baby so the baby can't be wet. I fed the baby so the baby can't be hungry because they haven't slept that long. So what could it be? You're waiting to figure out what could be wrong with that baby because you know the things that you have done. That's observing. That's watching. That's, that's guarding because you want to make sure that you're doing everything that you need to do for that child. When it comes to the word of God, you don't just pull out the Bible and read it. You begin to observe it. You begin to look at that, the, the word of God and say, Holy Spirit, give me understanding of what I'm reading. Enlighten me on this word because you want to observe what the word is saying unto you. So he say, observe. And when you observe, guess what you're going to do? You're going to do. You cannot do nothing without observing without paying attention to it. That's why he say, my son, pay attention to my word. Incline thine ear unto my saying. Keep them where? Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why do you want to keep them? Because they're going to bring life. They're going to bring help. And if you don't do this, you're not going to get what the word of God is telling you to do. So Moses is saying, this is what I want you to do. I want you to observe that word. He said, after you observe it, I want you to do it. Guess why, y'all? This is the key. So you can live. You cannot live without the word. Guess what that word live mean, y'all? Oh, it's a lot. It means to live, have life, remain alive, sustain life, live prosperously, live forever, be quickened, be alive, be restored to life and health. That one word out of the Hebrew mean all of that. Listen at it again. 
to live, have life, remain alive, sustain life, live prosperously, live forever, be quickened, be alive, be restored to life and health. That's why you got to observe the word so you can live. Observing means to do it so you can live. How did he say you live? He said you can live and multiply. Why was God saying all that to the people? Because the Israelites were few compared to all those nations. They were few. It was not many of them. So this is why God said, I want you to be fruitful and multiply the earth. Why? Because those nations out there were greater than the Israelites. So he said, I want you to observe the word. I want you to do it so you can live. And I want you to multiply. And then he said, and go in and possess, occupy the land which I have given you. See, y'all, it is steps when it comes to the word of God. You cannot just take a word and begin to speak that word if you don't believe that word. Because guess what? That word is not going to quicken you. It's not going to come to life. It's not going to sustain you. It's not going to make you alive. The word is not going to prosper you because you have not grabbed hold to it. You have not observed it. So you're not going to be able to live the life God wants you to live. So if you're not living according to the word of God, it's because you're not observing the word. And if you're not observing the word, you ain't going to do what the word is saying. I want to live a prosperous life. I want my life to be quick and I want my life to be to come alive so people know who I represent. This is what he was telling them. He said, when you go into that land, he said, I want them to see how you have multiplied. I want them to see, you know, how you're living. Because when they see how you're living, they're going to know the God that you're serving. They're going to know that you're different from the way they're living. This is how we're supposed to be in the world, y'all. There's supposed to be a difference. People are supposed to see us differently. How do they see us differently? By the word. If you live in according to the word and you doing what the word tell you to do, people are going to see you differently and they're going to say, oh, you saved. Oh, you one of them Christians. Oh, you one of those that's living holy. Why would they put all that on you? Because you ain't acting like they act. You ain't doing what they do. Your lifestyle have changed. Why? You live in according to the word of God. Not only are you speaking the word, but you are doing what you're speaking. Anybody speaking the word should be living the word and you should be having a prosperous life. But look at the next verse that he said. And he said, and thou shall remember all the way the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. Listen why he done this. To humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou would keep his commandments or no. Some of us are here today. We got things going on in our lives. And we're trying to figure out, where is God? Why haven't God rescued me in this situation? God said, I'm testing you. I'm proving you. He said, I have, you're in this situation to humble you, to see where your heart is, to see if you're going to trust me, to see if you're going to depend on my word or not. He said, the situation you're in, that situation is not going to kill you. That situation is going to raise you up. That situation is going to bring you to a place in your life that you know that I am God. So when the next situation come, you're going to know that God delivered me out of this. God has already delivered me out of that. Why? Because you come into a humbling state now. It is not about you no more because you exalting yourself up under the mighty hand of God and he's exalting you in due season. Why? Because you learn how to wait on God in the wilderness 
and say, God, you got me in this place to test me, to see if I'm going to trust you because it ain't no money in the bank, to see if I'm going to trust you because I feel like everything around me is like a whirlwind. You're going to see if I'm still going to stand on your word. He said, I did all of this to humble you. I took you through this wilderness. See, everything you going through don't mean it has to be the devil. You got to know the difference. Now, sickness, we know that ain't God. And God ain't going to put you through no sickness to humble you. No. But if sickness do come, you knowing that it ain't God, and you saying, oh, no, that don't belong to me because this is what the word is saying. But God took them through this wilderness to humble them, to prove them, to test them, to say, I'm going to see if you're going to trust me or not. But then guess what happened when he took him through it? It said, and he humbled thee, suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know. Now listen at this, that he might make thee know that man, to go to key, do not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord do man live. God took them through all of that to let them know your life ain't based upon your food. Your life is based upon every word that proceeds out of my mouth. Every word. So he said, I want you to trust the word more than you trust what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. He said, because if you trust in the word, you should know you already have these things. You don't have to worry about your food. You don't have to worry about your clothes. You don't have to worry about those things. Why? Because you know that I am God. And God said, I'm going to take care of my kingdom citizens. So guess what he said? He said, your shoes, I like this. He said, the 40 years that you were there, your remnant waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these 40 years. Is that not awesome? So if God did that for them, look what he done for us through Jesus Christ. So if you get in a situation, you should grab hold to the word more than you grabbing hold of your situation and say, this has already been taken care of through Jesus Christ. So I'm going to hold on to this word instead of holding on to my situation. This is why God, in the midst of darkness, he said, let there be light. We should know that God's word ain't coming back to him void. But it's going out to accomplish that which he pleased and prosper in the thing that he has sent it to do. So God want to enlighten you to let you know, my people need to depend on my word. The more, more than they depended on what's happening around them. Me and my husband, for 18, 18 years, longer than that, depend on nothing but God. How can I say that again? Have we faltered some through the years? Yes, ma'am, we have. But God taught us how to trust him in the situations that we're in. And see, this is what people don't realize, and I didn't realize it, y'all, to several years ago. You know, it's exciting when you hear the Lord and he said, come off your job. Trust me. Oh, whoopee, whoopee. That's exciting. Coming off my job. But then when you come off the job, it's for real then. You're leaving all your benefits. You're leaving everything behind that you had. And you're trusting God, your total dependencies in God. Check this, y'all. We didn't have a congregation then. It was just all of us. It was a few of us. But I had a word from the Lord. Lord, if you told me to come off the job and I heard you and I'm doing what you told me, now you the one got to take care of me and my family. 
Then my husband had the audacity to say, it's time to come off. Oh, Lord, I had some leverage when it was me. I could tell you that and feel good about it. Y'all know what I mean? You can feel good because you done your part, but now he wanted to come off his too, which the Lord told me he was going to bring him off the job. But I was like, he can just stay there for a while because his salary is kind of up there. So way back then, my husband in the 90s was making 50000 a year, y'all back then and i'm saying "Woo, we got that right there i can sit home we'll, we'll make ends meet just switch a little things around you know but then when he said he was gonna let go of his and he had more benefits than me 401k all of this insurance this life insurance i had none of that but he had it all so i'm saying whoopee we can make it so the lord told me he's coming off his job but i wouldn't tell him you know partly the reason why I wouldn't tell him because he probably would have done it and I wasn't ready for him to do it right then I hadn't got my I'm telling y'all about the word now it's easy for us to depend on something when we think we got it together but when the Lord really speak to you and tell you the other one got to come off not both incomes gone you don't have a big congregation the only thing you have is a word from the Lord so when he stepped off his job I'm like help us Jesus I'm really calling on Jesus now I really want to apply the word now y'all let me tell you, before he come off the job, won't God take you through a wilderness? He working on the job. I'm off the job. No, before I come off the job, my salary, he, he'll kind of get you prepared. My salary begin to decrease from 14 an hour to $8 an hour, half of a paycheck. Cabinets wouldn't look as full as they used to look. Clothes didn't look like they used to look. So we trying to make ends meet. And y'all guess what? I'm in the house whining. Lord, I just ain't got enough. Lord, when you gonna help me? Lord, drop something. I wanna eat some sick. My kids need this, Lord. Lord, you got to do this. Lord, Lord, Lord. Crying all over the place, right? So one day I sat in the floor, y'all. And I remember this. I said, Lord, I can't do this. Because it ain't working. I said, I'm ready to trust you, God. Do you know what God had a nerve to tell me? He said, I want you to go to every cabinet in your house and speak food in it. And I want you to go to every closet and speak clothes. I'm like, what? I thought you were going to ring down some money. No, I want you to go speak to your cabinets, and I want you to go speak to every closet in this house. Now, y'all, this is funny. I was pregnant when Aria did, and it didn't have no maternity clothes, right? I did what God said. I opened them cabinets, and I say, I speak food coming to these cabinets in Jesus' name. I went to every closet and I spoke clothes for my husband, for my son, for myself, maternity clothes. I began just to speak the word like he said. And as I began to speak the word, y'all, I had a quickening on the inside of me. It seemed like life rose up on the inside of me. Now, don't get me wrong. I had, I had aunts I could have went to. I had a daddy I could have went to. But God said, I don't want you to go to them. He said, I want you to trust me right where you are so you will know that I am God. And y'all, this is no lie. This is how the food came. When I was preaching in Little House on the Perry, me and my husband couldn't go out like everybody else to even get a happy meal. Because just to pay whom we owe was a task. And I'm telling you the truth. So we would go to church and after church, I knew it was nothing in the house to eat. So I'm saying, well, God, I'm going to still trust you. This is a true story. Next thing I know, daddy, he said, Arlene prepared food for y'all today. I said, well, bless the Lord. We'll be right over <laughs> So every Sunday, he knew nothing, but the Lord used them for our Sunday meal. We were giving God glory for that. 
Then the Lord had to knock down some pride. Jeremy had a big piggy bank shaped like a bottle. Y'all know them blue bottles. It was full of money. I looked at my husband. I said, come on, we're going to go counting this money. We're going to roll this money up. He happy to count the money, roll it up. I said, now you're going to go take it to the bank. He said, I ain't taking that money to the bank. I said, you too prideful. You need to go take it. You the man. You the priest. You go take it. <laughs> Both of us full of pride, but we humbled ourselves. We got through that situation. So God raised us up without having to trust him. And y'all, guess what he did? I went to church and God said, go ask that lady right there about maternity clothes. Pride again, right? So I went and asked the lady, I said, do you have maternity clothes that, you know, you would like to sell or do whatever? She said, I'll give them to you. She gave me about three bags of maternity clothes. Couldn't wear them all. Then I had um, Bible study in my home, and a girl said, what size is your son? And I told him, Jeremy was a big little thing there, stomach this way and butt out that way. I said, I said, I told her what size it was. I'm just telling y'all true, because we, we would do this when we were in our, I'm trying to help y'all with the word. When we were in our situation, we would go to church, but Jeremy didn't have church clothes, so we would tell Jeremy, Jeremy, try on these pants. Jeremy, try them on me. My husband get mad at the same time. Take them off. Jeremy look up at us. He say, y'all the one feed me. So, so we had to apologize to our son because y'all know what I mean. When you need money, you take it out on the churn. You take it out on whomever you can because your money don't look right and they getting fat and can't wear the clothes. So we went to church that day and this lady, y'all, this lady come to Bible study. She said, what size is your son? And I told her, she said, I got some clothes for your son. Y'all, no lie. He go, bags full of clothes, name brand clothes for my son. God said, do you see how you trust in me? How you leaning and depending on me for what you have? God raised me up in a place, y'all, with nothing and showed me how to trust him with the little and God made it much. And we didn't lose anything, y'all. So why am I teaching you these same principles that, that me and my husband had to go through? The reason why I'm teaching you this, the, the sermon that said, if you let go of it, it'll let go of you. Because I was holding on to it and I was speaking the word of God. But God said, you babysitting it. When you let go of it, you will see manifestation in your life. Quit telling me about it. If you know I have taken care of it, why are you coming before me and telling me about it so that day I let it go and things begin to manifest in my life and I begin to walk in peace so what am I telling you me and my husband have not worked me personally since 2001 that's when I come off my job is that 17 years later and I'm still making it by the help of God do we get in situations where it look like things yes we do but you know what I do I speak to them situations. I say, God, I don't know which way you're going to come with that situation, but you coming with that situation because you called me to this and you told me that you Jehovah Shalom. You are God of peace with nothing missing and nothing 
broken. So God, I'm going to trust you in this. So I would pull out the word of God and I would take the word of God for what it was saying unto me. I say, you speaking to me, God, I take that. I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to walk by faith and not walk by sight. Do I get toe up sometimes? Yes. But in the midst of getting toe up, I get my praise on to say, God, I'm going to praise you for what you already done because you have already blessed me with every spiritual blessing. In heavenly places through Christ Jesus. And guess what he'll turn around and do? He'll turn around and give us favor. He'll turn around when we're at drive-thrus and car up ahead of us, don't know the car up ahead of us, pull to the drive-thru. They said, your food already paid for. Don't know who paid for it. God would do some things. He would even send money through people that don't even come through the church and say, I want to bless the church. Come on, somebody. Because God know what you need. And when he know what you're in the need of before you ask, you depend on him because he know the need before the need came. So you give him glory for that. So when people look at me and my husband, they look at us as thieves and robbers, but it don't make me know never mind because I know who takes care of me. So when you know who takes care of you, that's the one that you praise. That's the one you give glory and honor for. That's the one you look to the hills from which cometh your help. That's the one that you know that he is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack. He leads me beside still waters. He's the one that restores my soul. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because thy rod and thy staff shall comfort me. And his goodness and his mercy, y'all, I'm telling you, keeps me all the days of my life. So this is what we have to do. So this is what I'm teaching you to do because you're living in a time now that your money can't fix it. You would take all the money and say, here, I give you everything I have if you fix this. But it ain't working no more, y'all. So that's why he's saying we have to depend on his word. If the word says it, we got to take it for what it's saying. You got to get past how you feel because your feelings will have you in a mental breakdown, y'all. It will have you feeling like it's not going to work. But the word has proven itself. Even while we were yet in sin, Christ died for us because he loved us. And if he died for us, y'all, how much freely would he give us all things? So God is saying, don't just read your word, get into your word, meditate on your word on a daily basis, not just on Sundays and on Tuesdays, but every opportunity you get, get into it. Let the word get into you because somebody is going to need the word that you're carrying. Somebody's going to need it to bring life unto them because the word is what brings life. When I'm down, I love my husband, but my husband can't give me what God can. Now, he can give me the word. If he give me the word, you own it. I receive that. That's what God is saying. He can hug on me. He can love on me. But when that word is spoken over me, I know it's Jehovah speaking. I know that God loved me so much that he's sending me his very best. What is he sending me? He sent his word. And it has healed me. It has delivered me from my destruction. Y'all, don't take this lightly. Everything you do, it takes the word. Singing dancing praying it takes the word when you go to somebody you have to speak the word for them to be healed 
If you don't speak the word, healing is not coming. Healing is available. You got to get in front of them and say, be healed right now in Jesus' name. By Jesus Christ, you were healed. Because the word is going to quicken. The word is going to bring life. And you don't have to wait on it because you know what the word does. That's having faith in the word, y'all. And that's what we live by is the word of God. And I know if the word worked for me, I know it's already worked for you. So whatever you're going through in your life, it's in the Bible. It's in the word of life. God reminded me, y'all, this weekend, Friday, we was up there at this mall, and I was in the Apple store, um, and they were showing me about a product that they had. And as the guy was showing me the product, this is a funny thing. The Lord will remind you where you've been. As I was sitting there, and he was showing me how it worked, and um, he was saying he was in school. He was in college, and it was his third year. I said, oh. What, what college are you going to? He said, I'm going to NC State. I said, okay, that's good. And I said, my daughter, um, she was beside me. I said, she's going to UNC Chapel Hill. He, t- he stopped and paused. He said, they wouldn't let me in there. <laughs> and only thing I can do is say, God, it was you. And God, I give you glory because everywhere we go, people would say, what college are you intending? Area would say, they say, well, they wouldn't let me in there. So God, remind me every day. It ain't nothing you done. It's because I had them to choose her to put her there. So when I'm riding through the campus, y'all in my heart, I'm just doing hallelujah. God, I thank you. God, it's because of you that she's here. And if you put her here, you're going to supply what she need while she's here. God, I just glorify. Y'all, I'm telling you, when you think about what he's done and what you didn't do, you can't help but raise your hands and shout for joy, knowing that it was because of him and not because of you. Whatever God does, he does it in a spirit of excellency. And when you know what he's doing, you will say, excuse me? No, that ain't how this is going to be. Because you heard God. This is how this is going to be. And God always gives you favor. And I'm going to give you another testimony. I'm going to close. We had a problem with a gym door around there. And those doors cost about over $1,000, right? 13 to fix it. Over a thousand to fix them gym doors there. And we were having a problem with them. And my husband was working on them and everything. And my husband is such a humble man. He would tell me, you know, I'll try this, I'll try that, you know, to save money. So he had called this company. And the company was talking to my husband about the door. And my husband was telling him, you know, that was just too much to do that for. So he told him, you know, we out to make money. This is how much we do and everything. So as my husband was talking to him, this man told him, he said, you know what, just to make a call to come out is $300 for a service call, not even doing the repair on the door. So he told, my husband said, well, you know, I can fix what you said that you can fix. Just let me get the parts. Do you have any parts? This man told my husband, he said, you know what, the part for the door was $500 for one part, and it was something else for another. The man told my husband, I tell you what, I got parts out here. I'll give you the parts for that door for $200. So look, my husband went out there and he was messing with the door. got one thing fixed. He could tell it better than I can. Still wasn't working properly. He said, I'm going to have to call this man. Mind you not, $300 for the service call. Doing the work is extra. The man stayed out here how many hours? 
three hours, remember $300 for the service call, stayed out here three hours getting the door fixed, husband called him, how much is the bill? Remember, $300 for the service call, not including what they done. He said, just give me $200. You tell me that my God ain't an awesome God. You tell me God won't give you favor when you're doing a work for him. So if we know that God gives us favor, why do we worry about stuff that's going on? We just trust God and know that it's a done deal. Why? Because we got to depend on him and his word. Me and my husband knew $500, $1,000. Well, you know what I said when I was home? My husband told me all that when he was telling me on the phone. In my mind, I was speaking favor. Got off the phone. I said, Father God, like glory, Father God. I thank you for favor today. I called it out. Favor. And God gave it to us. You know why? Because he know our heart. So please, I'm begging you. Don't take this word lightly. It means what it says and it would do exactly what it's saying. Don't just pull one thing out you want. You're supposed to be well-rounded with this word. God, if you said you're going to prosper me, you already done healed me. If you say you're going to heal me, you already done delivered me. God, if you said I have joy, I already have peace. And if I already have all that, I got the nine fruit of the spirit. So God, I don't just want one thing. I want everything that your word is saying. I ain't going to get stuck over here in, in this area. I want it all. I'm greedy. I want it all. No, 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 no. That's mine too. Give it to me. I want it all. It's already in me. Let it manifest itself. I need some peace. And I'm calling for peace. Peace be still. So how do I know I have it? Because I've been in the word of God. Whatever you have, use it. Because it will benefit you. You have some benefits, y'all. Use those benefits now. Don't wait till something happen and try to pull out a benefit and you don't know how it works. Use it now. So when things happen, your benefits will come to you. Paid in full. It's already finished. Amen. So depend on the word of God more than you depending on anything or anybody. Y'all, the word works. Miracle Temple, it is proven. The word worked because your apostle and your administrator has been walking by this word going on 18 years. And if anybody know what it means that when it's payday, you may get paid one week. Some of you may get paid two weeks. Some of you may get paid once a month. But you know that check is coming. Is that not right? You know that check is coming. But when you are working for the Lord, you have to trust him because you don't know which way is coming. You just believe in God that he's doing exactly what he says. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Do we have any announcements?